throughout my 30 plus year career in the, in the snow sports industry, in the ski industry, I've worked for many resorts. I ran Colorado Ski Country. I've been around the communities and this one is really special. There's a collaboration that takes place in Steamboat that I haven't seen present in other communities. And I think that goes back to our ranching heritage where, you know, the handshake uh, is, is worth more than a contract. Welcome to the storm. I'm your host, Stuart Winchester, back to Colorado today. Before we do that, please subscribe to the free Storm Skiing newsletter at stormskiing.com. If you're catching this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, fine, but you are missing a lot. The podcast is only part of the storm. The heart of this whole thing is the free email newsletter. If you want to keep up with everything that's happening in the world of lift serve skiing, that's the place to do it. For example, do you know which resort is releasing a new master plan next week? I do, and I will outline it in detail in the Storm Skiing newsletter on Monday. Do you know which new partner IndyPass will be announcing next Tuesday, December 14th? I do, and I will have a full breakdown the second that's announced on Tuesday. And you're not going to hear about those things on the podcast. They go straight to the Storm Skiing newsletter, and they go there first. For even more frequent updates, follow the Storm on Instagram or Twitter at Storm Ski Journal. First, let's get to my sponsor. You've been listening to me speak about Mountain Gazette for more than a year now, and you know the drill. It's beautiful large and features stunning photography and simply the best long form riding in the business. But here's the thing, Mountain Gazette wants to say thank you to you, the loyal subscriber. From now until New Year's, Mountain Gazette is giving away free swag to subscribers. That's right, if you're subscribed to the magazine, you are all set. They're giving away hoodies, posters, a ski tar, a cord of wood, and two indie passes because without you there is no mountain gazette not subscribed enter code go higher 10 all one word for 10 percent off subscriptions you can do that over at mountaingazette.com this code is exclusively for listeners of the storm mountain gazette wishes all their subscribers a very happy holiday and new year mountain gazette when in doubt go higher Episode 66, Rob Perlman, President and Chief Operating Officer of Steamboat Resort and Altera Mountain Company, Regional Chief Operating Officer for the Central Region. Who doesn't love Steamboat? The pow, the glades, the bumps, the town, the atmosphere. The place is awesome. It is a flagship Icon Pass resort and one of America's great ski mountains. And it's getting better. Altera is making huge investments in its alpha resorts, and the transformation at Steamboat is going to be dramatic. Right now, good as Steamboat is, the terrain is pretty mellow for the most part. That should change with the addition of 650 new acres on Pioneer Ridge. That will get its own lift, and most of the mountain's lifts will see upgrades under its master plan. But none is more dramatic than the wild blue gondola a 3.16 mile, two-stage, 10-passenger monster 
soaring from the base to sunshine peak for the 2023 to 24 ski season. It's an amazing time for Steamboat, and we're about to hear all about it from the general in charge of the army making it happen. Let's go. My guest today is the Altera Mountain Company Regional Chief Operating Officer for the Central Region, which includes Utah and Colorado. He is also Steamboat Resort President and COO. Steamboat has 165 named trails served by 18 lifts spread across nearly 3,000 acres. The resort averages more than 300 inches of snow per year. He has worked at Steamboat since 2008, and prior to that, he spent six years as president and CEO of Colorado Ski Country USA. He has also held positions at Mammoth Mountain and Vail Resorts. Rob Perlman is my guest. Rob, so good to have you on the program today. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here, Stuart. Thanks. First of all, Rob, huge congratulations on your recent promotion to Central Region Head for Altera. Tell us about this new role and how you'll work with the leaders of the other mountains and the Altera executives to plan regional operations and strategy. Uh, Super excited to take on this new role as the regional chief operating officer for Colorado and Utah resorts as a part of the Altera Mountain Company. And uh, I get the pleasure to work with my counterparts uh, at Winter Park, Deer Valley, Solitude, uh, and obviously here in Steamboat uh, to make sure, you know, we're aligned as one company, even though we're many unique brands. Uh, And uh, super excited to work with our folks in the Denver office so that I can bring that perspective uh, to the discussions that we have. So I'm representing the resorts in the region uh, to our uh, team in Denver and making sure that I represent uh, the Denver team and some of the efficiencies and some of the cross-functional departments whether that's uh, marketing or finance or human resources, and bringing that perspective uh, back to the resorts that uh, we have in the central region. So Altera owns currently 15 resorts, and the total portfolio of partners on the Icon Pass is somewhere around 46, 47. I can't even keep up anymore. So you're representing Steamboat, Winter Park, Deer Valley, Solitude. Obviously, some of, these are some of the central draws to the Icon Pass, some of the most important pieces of the Altera puzzle. Just talk in particular, Rob, about the importance of these mountains as a group as Altera builds toward the future. Oh, it's it's a great question and, and super excited to be a part of, you know, Altera Mountain Company and the resorts that we have, and then the 47 resorts that are part of the Icon Pass. Um, and it's a really compelling pass offering for the industry. And obviously, whether it's Solitude, whether it's Winter Park, whether it's Steamboat or Deer Valley, those are very, four very strong brands that, that, you know, are a part of the Icon Pass and each offer something unique uh, and differentiates us uh, uh, from not only each other, but uh, from our competitors as well. So it's, it's really uh, exciting to be a part of that Icon Pass. So you have an opening right now for the head of Deer Valley. And I'm just curious, as you search for the person who will lead that resort, uh, what you're looking for in a candidate. If you look at Altera's last two hires to lead mountains, they're both women, both promoted from within the company. You had Amber Broadway at Solitude, Dee Byrne at Palisades Tahoe. Are any of those things, Rob, indicative of where Altera is headed as, as it looks to fill future head mountain positions, in particular the one at Deer Valley? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And as you know, you've been a part of this industry for a while and and all of us have, you know, um, 
we need to diversify the leadership ranks um, across uh, the industry. And, and recently, as you mentioned, uh, we've done that at Altera with uh, uh, Dee Byrne out at Palisades Tahoe, Amber Broadway at Solitude. And they bring a, a great perspective uh, to those resorts and also uh, add some equity uh, uh, in terms of, you know, some female leaders uh, for our industry. And we're super excited to explore those options as we look for the next leader at Deer Valley. And, you know, uh, we're going to cast a wide net um, and look for the best candidate uh, to come in and, and lead that resort into the future because there's some exciting uh, opportunities, obviously, at Deer Valley. And it's such a strong brand uh, and has been since 1981. Uh, I was just out there this past weekend for uh, their opening of their 41st season. Uh, and the team out there is you know, continuing to do a phenomenal job while we look for the next leader at Deer Valley. You know, Deer Valley is interesting. It's the only Altera-owned resort that is not a, a full part of the Icon Pass. In other words, a full Icon Pass does not get you a full season pass at Deer Valley as it does at Steamboat and Winter Park and Mammoth and Palisades Tahoe and your other resorts. Uh, curious as you look to the future, if you'll if you're if you're locked into that model, continuing to make the Deer Valley season pass. And an extra sort of exclusive item. It's it's quite expensive. It's twenty five hundred or so dollars. If you look across the the industry of Vale, Beaver Creek is sort of their equivalent to Deer Valley, and they keep that in the full Epic Pass. Just talk a little bit about why Deer Valley is distinct and why that's not part of the full Icon Pass, and if that will continue into the future. Well, uh, Deer Valley, as I said previously, uh, just an incredibly strong brand. Um, uh, and we talk about the Deer Valley difference, and, and that Deer Valley difference um, makes it one of the top resorts uh, in the world, if not the top resort in the world, when it comes to those type of experiences. And we want to, you know, we want to continue with that brand. As I said earlier, the Altera uh, vision is that we're one company of many unique brands creating a global mountain community. And Deer Valley is that unique brand. We want to preserve that Deer Valley experience. And we're going to look to capacity. We're going to look at on-mountain uh, uh, restaurant seats, which has been a staple of their brand for a long time. And we want to uh, not only maintain that, but strengthen that going forward. So we're constantly evaluating uh, the Icon suite of products and the best fits for our resorts. Um, uh, but we're, you know, want to preserve that that legendary and iconic uh, uh, Deer Valley experience for our guests. So, Rob, you've been at, at Steamboat for a number of years now. And for the first seven years, you were working under Chris Diamond, real ski industry legend and, and now a very keen observer of the industry with his Ski Inc. books, which I highly recommend to anyone. Uh, just talk about working with Chris and and what you learned from him about, about Steamboat and it, it, in, in general, and just about leadership and how to lead a, a large, complex resort like this. Oh, I've had, yes, I've had the great fortune to not only work for Chris Diamond, but many great leaders throughout my career in the ski industry. You know, I've spent my entire career in the ski business um, and grew up as a, as a young age class ski racer. Um, and I started my career at Mammoth Mountain and, and went on to work at Winter Park for folks like, uh, well, Dave McCoy, obviously, at, at, at Mammoth Mountain, and a uh, huge influence on my career. Uh, Jerry Groswald, Pat Peoples, Rusty Gregory, uh, Bill Jensen, 
and of course, Chris Diamond. Um, and I had the great pleasure of working with Chris when I was at Colorado Ski Country USA, the trade association, and he was chairman of that board when I was there for a time. And then, um, you know, we've had a tremendous relationship. Uh, and that's what, uh, you know, frankly brought me to Steamboat, um, is a, a huge part of uh, his influence and uh, following his leadership. And as you said, he has been around the industry for a long time, both on the East Coast as well as out here uh, in uh, the Rockies. Uh, he was chair of the Vermont Skiers Association, NSAA, and Colorado Ski Country, so brings all that perspective. And I learned so much from him and the other great leaders here at the resort. I mean, uh, he had built an incredible staff um, here at the at Steamboat, I have the pleasure of continuing on uh, to work with many of the great leaders uh, that he had hired and we've brought in since then. Um, and I still uh, I still visit and talk to Chris frequently. Um, last time we spoke on the phone was just, uh, uh, we traded emails last week and, and spoke on the phone uh, the week before last. So he remains a, a huge um, influence and uh, a mentor of mine in the ski industry and uh, so glad I could work with him. And then he gave me the opportunity to succeed him here at, at Steamboat Ski Resort. So yeah, Chris is retired now. And as I understand, it still lives there in Steamboat. And I've hosted him on the podcast and we, and we had a nice conversation about sort of the, the it, this was a, a, as soon as COVID hit he and we were in our immediate lockdown, we talked about what that might mean. And, and he was really optimistic about uh, the future of the ski industry. And, and that seems to be the theme of his books. And, and how, how important is that, Rob, as you, as you assume leadership of, of a resort like, like Steamboat and, and you have to deal with the vagaries of the weather and the slow start we're having this year and, and all the difficulties of COVID, how important is that, is that sense of optimism and in learning that through all the challenges uh, as, you, as you deal with, with everything that's going on all the time? Well, and I think it really hit home last year. Um, and, you know, since the start of the pandemic in March of 20, um, and even before that, you know, what we provide is outdoor recreation uh, for mountain enthusiasts. And we do so in very special places around the globe, uh, in mountain communities. And we all have a passion for this industry. And sure, the, the snow and, you know, challenges are thrown at us every single year and a global pandemic is a big one but even then uh i was encouraged and and motivated by the resilience of our team of the industry to work together um uh, to establish some policies and and provide that escape uh that physical uh and mental escape to ski and snowboard on our mountains and as you know, um, the public just uh, really relished uh, those opportunities. And, uh, you know, uh, we continue to provide those experiences today. And I'm looking out my window and, and seeing folks out there this morning and enjoying it. And the forecast is for, for more, more snow, <laughs> which will come uh, and the conditions will get even better. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about getting outside, enjoying nature, enjoying these incredible mountain communities and our resorts. And, and I just remain motivated uh, to provide that and, and help lead this resort and our company um, uh, in the mountain recreation industry. You know, really curious about your perspective over the past year and a half with COVID, Robbie, as it relates to 
Altera Mountain Company. And, and since you've been there so long, you were there under IntraWest and the transition. Just talk a little bit about that transition from IntraWest, which was a long running company, but it had to sell some of its assets and, and, and it sometimes had an uncertain future to Altera, which is this global brand that really put out this fantastic product in the Icon Pass that is really challenging Vail Resorts and the Epic Pass and, and giving skiers a true alternative. And just the stability that that's brought in, in, the, in the sort of broader network of support that it brought and how that's helped through this very challenging period of, of adapting to COVID. Um, I could not be more excited about our future with, with Altera Mountain Company. Um, you know, I, I, I was a part of the former ownership um, and, and we have a great team at the end of the day that's going to provide um, incredible guest experiences, going to take care of each other and, and provide great employee experiences and, and do well financially. Um, but Altera uh, is a unique partnership uh, between uh, uh, KSL Capital Partners and Henry Crown and Company, a private company. And the benefits of having those two uh, owners is just incredible. Uh, they have a vision for where we want to go. They're very supportive of our staff and our leadership. And, and many of that leadership has been around the industry in terms of, you know, Rusty Gregory and, and all of my counterparts in terms of running the resorts across uh, our entire Altera Mountain Company uh, just bring incredible experience, passion, dedication uh, to the table. And it feels just incredible, Stuart, uh, to be a part of this company and the direction we're going. One of the most impressive things about Altera, from my point of view as a skier, is the enormous capital investments that they are making in their mountains. And one of the most spectacular examples is the Steamboat Master Development Plan, which is just such an amazing project, Rob, and I'm so excited to talk about this. I have some very specific questions about this, but but why don't you start us off with a high-level overview of how Steamboat's master plan is going to transform this resort? Oh, um, yes. As you said, what an opportunity to be a part of uh, Altera Mountain Company and the vision we have here at Steamboat. And the vision is really kind of uh, put into practice uh, when we talk about the master development plan. Um, we have a master development plan, which most resorts uh, that are, well, all resorts that operate on the uh, United States Forest Service put together. And the master development plan, the MDP, is kind of conceptually on where you want to take the resort in the next uh, uh, decade or two. So it's it's very high level and it's conceptually, um, maybe we won't undertake all those things in a master development plan, but it's kind of the direction and the vision of where we want to take the resort. And it's to put that conceptually out there so uh, that we can give the public and the United States Forest Service a sense uh, of opportunities in the future. And then we take that further and we're like, okay, what's realistic and what can we do um, uh, to, to make this resort a better guest experience, better for our employees and, and, you know, continue to, to do well uh, financially. And that's where we took that master development plan that we had updated in uh, 2019. And then part of that, we have uh, evolved to what we call full steam ahead, which is our, our resort improvement campaign that's gonna take place over the next uh, three to five years. Uh, and we're investing uh, nearly $200 million wow. um, at the resort 
both on the mountain as well as in the base area. And if I can just expand on that a little bit, when we talk about the base area, uh, you know, Steamboat's been around for years, always a top-ranked resort, uh, but our base area needed some attention. Um, and we now have ownership that realizes that. And our goal is to create kind of an energy and a, a hub of activity here at the base area uh, for our guests to enjoy. And frankly, we had been lacking that previously. So a part of the Full Steam Ahead project, um, which we're working very closely with uh, our, our uh, development group out of Altera Mountain Company, East West as a development partner, East West Partners, um, and to really bring our village, what we call Steamboat Square, to life. And that includes a new ice rink, and includes escalators, it includes new shopping and dining options for our guests. And we just uh, got that project underway uh, as soon as we closed last April. And uh, really the first part of that was uh, taking down, uh, demolishing the gondola building, uh, which was about a 40, 50,000 square foot building right in the heart of our plaza. Wow. And um, that uh, really liberated the plaza. And as I told the team here, that gondola building where the lower uh, terminal of the gondola was located, that building really cast a shadow on our plaza. So what we've done is demolished that building and moved the lower terminal of our existing steamboat gondola out onto the snow beach. Uh, and that went incredibly well this summer. Uh, the gondola is operating today. And then we put in escalators. We also took out the ski school building and we're well underway to kind of create more animation, more activity, more energy in the base of Steamboat. And we're calling that Steamboat Square. So that'll be a several year project. Mm -hmm. The ice rink uh, won't come online until next winter. Um, and then we're working on those dining and shopping uh, 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 facilities here at the base as well. And then, so that's on the, at the base of uh, the ski area and what I call the heart of the village. And then on the mountain, we have just some incredible projects that are all a part of this full steam ahead project. Uh, the first being the, uh, the wild blue gondola. And the wild blue gondola will be a new gondola, a 10 passenger Doppelmayr gondola. It'll be the longest and fastest 10 passenger gondola in North America. Wow. And it will go from the base of Steamboat Ski Area, and the mid-station goes through a on-mountain learning center, and that is called Greenhorn Ranch, where we'll move five magic carpets and put in a beginner lift, and it will have very um, accommodating novice terrain for those adults, but mostly for children learning to ski or snowboard. And previously, all of our magic carpets were located down at the base of our mountain in a congested area where we see a lot of our visitors obviously come on and off the mountain throughout the day. And we also had the beginner experience at the base of the mountain. And it was frankly congested. So the goal is to move our beginner um, terrain, our novice terrain, up onto the mountain at the mid-station of the Wild Blue Gondola and really allow those guests to have an environment on the mountain 
that is much more conducive to learning to ski or snowboard. So Greenhorn Ranch is a new learning center on the mountain as a part of the Full Steam Ahead project with snowmaking, with magic carpets, with a beginner lift. Um, and we've really uh, graded that terrain uh, to make some uh, terrain-based learning and, and really make it uh, approachable and easy for our novice skiers and riders uh, to, to get hooked onto the sports uh, that we love so much. From that mid-station, from Greenhorn Ranch, the Wild Blue Gondola continues on to the top of Sunshine Peak. Again, this is a 10-passenger gondola, and uh, when you ride to the top of Sunshine Peak, it accesses some of our best terrain when it comes to intermediate and low intermediate, as well as intermediate terrain in what we call the Sunshine Pod of the mountain, as well as some of our more you know, uh, legendary tree skiing runs like Shadows and Closets and Three O'Clock and Twilight and um, uh, Rolex and, and West Side. And it really, it does a couple things for us. Uh, one is it's the mid station for the Greenhorn Ranch, the Wild Blue Gondola. The second is it gives us additional out of base capacity. And Stuart, I don't know if you've been here on a busy or a peak day or a holiday. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. we have, we, we've been challenged with getting, um, our folks out of the base area up onto the mountain. So with the addition of this new Wild Blue Gondola, we're going to increase our out-of-base capacity by about 50%. Um, and that's really going to help on those peak days because once we get our guests onto the mountain, they spread out with our lift network of 18 lifts and um, they have a great experience. But one of the detractors from our guest experience was getting our folks in the morning out onto the mountain. So the Wild Blue Gondola will be a great addition and a great improvement uh, to really focus on uh, improving that out-of-base capacity. Uh, what it also does is it takes anybody that uh, graduates from a level two or three when they learn at Greenhorn Ranch or other parts of the mountain, uh, our guests can get right back on the Wild Blue Gondola ride it to the top and ski runs like Tomahawk and Flintlock and Quick Draw, which is some of our better intermediate terrain. And frankly, where a lot of our families and destination guests spend a good chunk of their time. And one of the other deficiencies we had was at the end of the day, when our guests are out there enjoying that low intermediate, intermediate terrain in the Sunshine Pod, mm -hmm. to get back to the bottom of the mountain, <laughs> was sometimes a challenge. Frankly, it was a bit of a haul. A lot of work. And you would have to you would have to ski down, uh, take up South Peak chairlift, ski down uh, a cat track called Broadway. At the bottom of Broadway, you'd have to ride a chairlift called Elkhead. And once you got to the top of Elkhead, you were at the top of our gondola and you still had to navigate your way to the bottom. And there wasn't very good options for our low intermediate guests. So what this will enable our, our guests and our families to do after they enjoy several hours or a day up there on the upper part of the mountain, they can get back on the Wild Blue Gondola and ride that back to the bottom. Um, so uh, really uh, well thought out improvements 
when it comes to the Greenhorn Ranch, the Wild Blue Gondola. And then the other aspect uh, is, you know, I talked about the Greenhorn Ranch and the Wild Blue Gondola and the Greenhorn Ranch really focusing on the novice skier, the never ever skier and snowboarder, the levels one and two and three. Um, so we're really making improvements to address that uh, um, uh, ability level. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we're going to expand our terrain over in Pioneer Ridge, which is the very skier's right of our mountain, and add 650 acres of expert and advanced terrain. And that will take us from the second largest, um, that'll take us from the fifth largest ski area in the state in terms of skiable terrain, the fifth, to the second largest uh, ski resort in Colorado in terms of skiable terrain. So that's a 20% expansion of our terrain. Um, and it really adds expert and advanced glade skiing um, stuff that we're um, uh, known for, that legendary steamboat tree skiing in the, you know, um, uh, world famous champagne powder snow uh, that we've trademarked. Um, and really gives experts and advanced skiers some new challenging terrain. So uh, that kind of encapsulates the full steam ahead project, which is only a small component of our master, our master development plan, but, but we're very focused on accomplishing all of that in the next uh, uh, several years. So just, just, a, just an incredible plan, Rob. And, and there's so much good stuff to dig in there too. I want to start by going back to the project you did over the summer of, of moving that gondola, just put this in perspective for us exactly how much effort, and planning did it take to pull this off and and how was your team able to execute that on schedule in, in, in this very challenging and very complex project in just a single summer um you know again i give a huge credit to uh, our lift maintenance team our lift operations team our entire mountain operations team that really uh, understood what it would take to start this project the day after we closed uh, for the 2021 season. Uh, so literally the day after we closed the resort, we began pushing uh, around the snow so that we could get access to moving the gondola. And we took it out of the building uh, that it would had been in uh, uh, for, for decades and moved it out uh just under 300 feet onto the snow beach it stayed in the same alignment uh so we just shortened the haul rope uh, we added the new bottom terminal we created some hardscape and heat melted so the guests have a good experience um and the team just rallied uh we worked very closely with doppelmeyer through the entire project um and uh uh, we actually were ahead of schedule and, and really focused head down, trying to make sure uh, that we had our gondola operational for this season, which was critical to us. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we missed the summer because we had to move the gondola, um, but uh, uh, we were super excited to have that um, gondola inspected by the tramway board and certified. Uh, so it's operational today. And uh uh, folks are using it as we speak. 
All right, so I want to talk about Wild Blue in a moment, but first you're making a few other moves outlined in the master plan to current lifts. And I want to start with this summer when you when you finally took out the old Priest Creek double, that 1972 Heron Poma. It looked really cool. It's one of those classic lifts, but uh, yeah, frankly, I don't know if I ever saw it spin. And my understanding is it didn't spin that often. Uh, why was it time to retire Priest Creek and just take it out of there? You know, uh, we all, uh, as an industry, we have uh, lifts that have uh, predated um, uh, many of us, um, including the Priest Creek chairlift. Uh, and as you said, we, we did not operate that lift, uh, uh, but on a rare, rare occasion. So, uh, and we had to maintain that lift. And, and for the odd occasion, um, it really stretched us um, when it came to operating that with all of our other um, on-mountain uh, lifts. So uh, we made the decision that uh, the redundancy of that lift um, wasn't serving its purpose. And uh, we were very fortunate that we have a supportive community. Uh, we were able to uh, uh, sell those chairlifts in an in a auction uh, off to a bunch of uh, uh, generous folks within the community and raised, I think, nearly $100,000 for 25 uh, nonprofits, uh, local nonprofits that we supported. Um, so it was a great story, you know, um, that we got to um, keep that lift around our community at the same time really support uh, our local nonprofits. And that's something that I could not be more proud of is uh, our uh, Steamboat Ski and Resort Corporation here locally. Um, uh, uh, contributes a little over a million dollars each and every year to our local nonprofits, whether that's the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club or it's the Empa Valley Community Foundation, um, um, uh, United Way of uh, Northwest Colorado, the Boys and Girls Club. There are so many great nonprofits here uh, that we support. Uh, the Yampa River Fund is one that we gave our largest single uh, contribution uh, to a few years ago, uh, and and just some incredible local nonprofits that we're very proud to support each and every year. Was there a big demand for those? Those classic chairs tend to draw a lot of interest. There was there was demand, and we sold out of those, um, uh, and, and that's why we raised uh, so much money for the local nonprofit. So, uh, a classic double chair, as you said, um, really is uh, special for folks to to. Uh, you know, continue to uh, have uh, as a part of this community. And uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing those around uh, um, here shortly. All right, let's go to Wild Blue. That, by the way, uh, as I understood, it was a, a working name. Is, is that the official name now? Or, or have you not decided that yet? Um, I would say it's official, Stuart, the Wild Amazing. Blue Gondola. Um, because, Great. you know, it takes you up to the to the Wild Blue. It's also some of our best... Um, uh, intermediate terrain or blue square terrain. Um, and it goes through Greenhorn Ranch, which is our, our green terrain. Um, so we're going to call it the uh, the official name. Love it. So the from, from the master plans I've seen, it has a really interesting lift line. And I, I, I'm not sure how much thought you've given to the engineering mechanics of this yet, but it will, as it flies from Basher to Sunshine, the lift looks as though it will cross over Thunderhead Express and Burgess Creek. Just curious how you plan to handle that from an engineering standpoint. Does the gondola go over the chairlifts? Is there something else? Am I, am I missing something? What do you have in mind for the line? Um, we've worked very closely with uh, our engineers, our consultants, and Doppelmeyer. Um, 
to create the alignment and the engineering uh, for that entire lift, both the lower uh, section, which goes to Greenhorn Ranch, and the upper section, which goes up to the top of Sunshine uh, Peak. And you are correct. Uh, it will be more like a European installation. Um, and that's why we're working very closely with Doppelmayr um, uh, to make that installation, uh, to look at the engineering and what it takes to um, uh, fly over uh, Thunderhead Express, uh, Burgess Creek, and continue to uh, get uh, our guests up to the top of Sunshine Peak. So it will be a spectacular lift uh, when we open that uh, um, uh, for the 20. 324 season. So looking up the mountain at the end of the line, Rob, I have to admit, you got me a little nervous here. The line looks as though it passes right over the closets. As you said earlier, legendary terrain, some of the best tree skiing on the mountain. Uh, will you be able to just plant towers in the closets or are you going to have to cut a lift line? And if so, how are you going to preserve that 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 feeling of of Rocky Mountain tree skiing uh, within that pod, if we if we have the if we have it cut by a lift line, well, um, yes, we do have to to create the lift line, uh, but we're going to do so in the way that's uh, the least disturbing to the existing terrain. Uh, we recognize uh, some of our legendary uh, tree skiing through the champagne powder snow here in Steamboat is through uh, closets and shadows. So uh, we're trying to minimize the amount of towers. Um, that we need, and also uh, uh, the lift will be uh, above the tree line uh, as it goes through that area. So uh, I think um, it's going to be a minimal disturbance, and we're going to preserve that legendary tree scheme that Steamboat's known for. How wide does the lift line have to be? Is is that a is there a regulatory thing around there, or do you just need to make it big enough to get vehicles up there? No, no, no vehicles will be going up there, um, and we'll actually use a helicopter um, wow. uh, for that. So um, uh, the lift, uh, uh, this, it does have to be a certain length, uh, uh, but we're going to try to minimize that um, uh, for uh, the impacts. Okay, great. So going back down to the Basher mid-station, it looks as though you are going to move the Basher lift. I'm curious how that will change the experience in that pod. And also Basher is a, a pretty old lift, dates to 1974. Just wondering why it makes more sense to move that lift rather than just replace it. Well, um, you know, we're still looking at uh, the best solution for that. Again, that's part of the MDP, the Master Development Plan, and isn't uh, a part of our full steam ahead project. And once we get further along with uh, the evolution of the uh, Greenhorn Ranch, and we put in that beginner lift and move our magic carpets, we'll, then that's when we'll turn our attention back to the master plan and other projects that we haven't flushed out in detail as of yet. All right. So looking at some of your classic lifts, I've seen various versions of the master plan, and and I know these things are constantly changing. So I understand that some of these things may be, may be TBD, but you do have lift replacements or have di discussed lift replacements for Sunshine Express, Thunderhead Express, and Storm Peak Express, all very important lifts. And, and all it, at this point, you know, quite a few years and hours on them. Uh, curious, Rob, if you can give us any insight or a peek into what you've had in mind for any of these three lifts and, and when we might actually see some sort of replacement or upgrade for them. 
Well, I, again, I go back to the master development plan. It's looking out um, uh, for years uh, beyond kind of the current scope. Um, we haven't finalized those uh, detailed plans for those particular lifts other than, you know, we need to constantly um, evaluate uh, when the appropriate timing is, is to uh, replace uh, those existing lifts with probably higher capacity because um, those are all uh, four passenger quads, uh, detachable quads. Uh, so we're constantly evaluating that, but no, uh, again, as a part of the master development plan, they're in the plan for the future, but we haven't uh, uh, found uh, the appropriate timing to, to work on those replacements as of yet. We started to see around the West, the eight pack lifts as these sort of out of base uh, carriers to just get people moving. And, and I think the wild blue is probably tending to that, but just curious if you've looked at an eight pack, we have one going in park city, obviously big sky has one. We're getting a couple out East here. Uh, curious if eight packs are on your radar at all. Uh, they are. Uh, and, and I uh, watched with envy as, um, uh, big sky put in the Ram charger. Um, uh, and, uh, uh I think that's a spectacular installation. Uh, absolutely. We're going to look at uh, what the appropriate capacity is and the current technology and work with uh, our partners, whether it's uh, LPOA or Doppelmeyer, uh, when it comes to finding solutions for, for lifts that need to be replaced in the future. And also keeping a keen eye on uh, those that, that do make those installations like a Big Sky or a Park City. So, yes. As you look at those three I just mentioned, Storm Peak, Thunderhead, and Sundown, they can get congested. Do you have a, a personal priority list as far as what you would like to tend to first? Well, uh, we're also going to see the impacts. Uh, and, you know, we have our estimates, um, but then reality is going to obviously uh, uh, be more appropriate to do the evaluations once we get the completion of the wild blue gondola up there to the top of Sunshine Peak and see how uh, our guests react to that, I think will give us a better sense of uh, uh, what what solutions we need to look for and the timing of those solutions, whether it's sunshine or sundown and probably less so uh, with Thunderhead and, and Storm Peak, because uh, I don't think they'll be uh, as impacted with um, a visitation as uh, sunshine and sundown. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, we're going to see, uh, and, and pretty quickly after we get the uh, wild blue open, we'll go back and, and really try to evaluate the best solutions for addressing uh, the replacement of our um, uh, quad express chairlifts. How about the wild horse gondola? It looks as though you're considering that that lift's future. That's a uh... That's a lift that brings folks up from the parking lot to the resort. What do you have in mind there? Um, that that lift is actually, we operate that lift um, mm -hmm. on behalf of the Homeowners Association. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that's really their call when it comes to uh, that uh, lift. Uh, obviously, our master development plan looks at very futuristic solutions. And, uh, you know, we're constantly kind of, trying to be sustainable, trying to look for the future, trying to remove cars um, uh, from the roads and address parking. Um, but that one is uh, a little further out for us. You know, I'm curious, Rob, I, I, I've always thought that it would be really cool to have a gondola connection 
from the resort down to town, which is just for anyone who hasn't been to Steamboat Springs, it's just such a great town. And it would be something like they have at Heavenly or Telluride where you're connecting these two entities. Has that ever been discussed? I imagine that would be a partnership between the town and the resort, but is that something you've ever thought about? Uh, we have, um, and I love your thinking. Uh, again, very progressive, forward thinking. Um, sustainability is a key uh, aspect uh, of you know what we uh, is so important to us. Um, the environment is one of our core values. So yes, uh, we're in discussions about long, uh, long-term um, uh, sustainable uh, uh, solutions. Um, innovative, we call it innovative transportation solutions, mm -hmm. where we are a key player in helping lead our community with those type of discussions, uh, which includes the county, which includes the city, which includes uh, our lodging community. Um, so yes, we have had those discussions. We're continuing with those discussions. And I would say it's not out of the realm of possibility because I never say never. That would be just amazing, Rob. Let's go back real quick to that Pioneer Ridge expansion that you touched on. I'm very excited for this pod. You know, I really like the Pony Express pod. It has, you know, a couple of groomers through it and then just tons of really fun tree terrain and gladed terrain. So it, how similar would Pioneer Ridge be to what you have on Pony Express as far as the, the sort of skiing experience that we can expect? Uh, it, it's going to be very similar to what you see over in Pony Express, uh, that, that pod, um, whether that's uh, Middle Rib or Aces and um, um, a Royal Flush, um, uh, you know, super excited uh, about additional gladed terrain. It's got a good aspect to it. And then in addition to kind of having the terrain that's similar to the Pony Express, which is right in that area, there's other aspects that is going to be more similar to the shoots that we have, mm. which is coming off a morning side mm -hmm. um, because you're going to get that very north facing aspect and steep terrain that will drop into the Fish Creek Canyon uh, that will allow those expert skiers and riders some very exhilarating and uh, more sustained uh, steep terrain that you experience uh in our shoots up there off of Morningside. So it's a bit of a combination of what we currently have in Pony um, and, and also what you see over in the shoots. So um, super excited, all gladed, um, uh, you know, pockets of trees and our, our famous aspen trees. And um, uh, so uh, it's going to be really awesome terrain uh, that we're excited to expand. And again, 20% expansion. Uh, most resorts don't get that opportunity to expand their terrain by uh, 20% and uh, we'll do so in the steamboat fashion to make it gladed and, and take advantage of our of our great uh, um, trees and, and legendary champagne powder snow. Are you going to punch some groomers through that too? Or, or are you looking for that just truly wild lift served experience? Uh, more of the wild lift experience. I mean, uh, there's a possibility that we would groom one of the trails. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, no, it's more of that, uh, um, gladed experience without, without, um, grooming. So we have plenty of, uh, spectacular, uh, grooming over in the sunshine pod and on the front side of the mountain. Um, and, and even, you know, some, uh, uh, our more famous trails like Buddy's Run and, and that sort of thing. 
sounds amazing, Rob. That's that's a, a really special experience you can get out west. Is is just that long rambling sort of lift served, but but untamed terrain, which, which I think is what a lot of folks are seeking. Uh, give us a sense of what the vertical drop would be on this new terrain, and, and what sort of lift you have in mind to serve all that. Well, we, we um, part of our plan is to install a high-speed uh, quad chairlift over in that terrain um, and then look to uh, add additional carriers to the Pony Express lift. And we're talking roughly about 2,000 vertical feet. Um, wow. So uh, some decent sustained um, uh, um, runs uh, that I think our guests are really going to like, um, those that are expert in advanced. Um, we don't want to get our intermediates over in that terrain. So. <laughs> All right. One other uh, terrain pod, terrain expansion that I want to talk about is the 120 acres skiers left of the Sunshine Lift. Just tell us about this pod and what kind of lift you would have in mind over there for Sunshine 2, as it looks like you're calling it. Yeah. Um, again, part of the master development plan um, and everything in that master development plan that we you know, uh, are, are thinking about more seriously, we go through the environmental review process, whether that's an environmental assessment, uh, environmental impact statement, uh, and work very closely with the United States Forest Service. So when you talk about Sunshine 2, it's way further out. Um, we don't have timing of when that will be. Uh, it's long been talked about uh, that that terrain over there to the skiers left of Tomahawk and the Sunshine Lift and uh, that terrain would be additional great intermediate uh, terrain for our guests. So uh, that could happen, but that's uh, pretty far into the future in terms of a, a project that's on our radar at the moment. All right, let's shift gears here. Talk about tickets and passes. Looks as though Steamboat will have the most expensive walk-up lift ticket in America this year, $269. Rob, help us understand the market dynamics driving this price as you do the very difficult job of having to decide what it's going to cost you to ski a steamboat for one day. Uh, great question. And, you know, uh, the ski industry has is, is gotten sophisticated. Um, and there's a lot of past products out there um, and, and products in terms of lift access. And uh, less and less of our folks pay the walk-up window rate. Um, that's a trend that's been going on for years. It's uh, continuing in that direction. And, you know, I think you've probably heard the analogy, but if you want to walk up and buy a first class ticket um, at Denver International Airport or you go out to Hayden, I should say, mm -hmm. HDN, uh, which is our airport uh, that we have 16 nonstop flights to in the winter, um, in 16 nonstop cities aboard six different carriers. If you walk up to the ticket counter, at uh, Hayden uh, Airport in the winter and want to buy a first-class ticket uh, to Dallas, you're going to pay a premium. And then again, if you book it in advance and you're a part of a package, um, you know, we have very attractive uh, products that will enable our guests to get onto our mountain and uh, access our terrain with a little bit of, of uh, planning uh, whether that's you buy an Icon Pass, which is a spectacular um, uh, deal if you're going to spend, you know, a, a week here in Steamboat, it's well worth it to get the Icon Pass because then you get uh, Steamboat as well as 46 other resorts. So 
um, just a little bit of planning, um, whether that's a package or an advanced lift ticket. Uh, there are incredible deals out there for our guests to get. Uh, and, and those that want the flexibility uh, to walk up to the window and decide that morning they want to ski 18 inches of our world-famous champagne powder snow, I think it's worth to pay that premium. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about this from a customer point of view. And, and say you have a skier who hasn't been a steamboat in 10 or 12 years and and and, and just figures, okay, you know, I'll walk up and buy lift tickets like I always do. And they get there and there's, and there's sticker shock. What sorts of feedback are you hearing from these folks? And, and, and what's your response to them? Well, again, somebody that hasn't skied here in 10 to 12 years is not going to make their vacation plans um, and book their lodging and their airline tickets and their rental equipment and then just walk up to the window and buy their their lift ticket. Uh, they're going to get a, a, a great value by booking a package uh, through one of our lodging partners or through Steamboat Central Reservations or via our website at steamboat.com. Uh, and they're going to get a great value when they book all that together. Again, a very few people, those that want the flexibility, are going to walk up to the window and and pay a premium for that flexibility and uh, for you know making that decision uh, last minute. Yeah, from my point of view, it seems as though I wish Vale and Altera would do a little bit better job of making the connection between those high day ticket prices and the Epic and Icon passes because by the time you get there and you see the price board and you see the prices listed, there's not really that direct line back to the back to the Icon Pass. Like, hey, uh, next time, save with an Icon Pass or something. And I, I'm just not seeing that experiential or like customer journey join together in that way. Do you think there's an opportunity to, to use that point of sale when someone's getting hit with that big bill to say, you know, uh, next time there's something called an Icon Pass, look for details in March or sign up for our list or something? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. And we go to great lengths to, to provide the, the best product for our guests. So we will promote the Icon Pass to all of our visitors here through our database. And, and if you come here and you've you know, only stayed in our lodging and we don't know if you bought a lift ticket, we're going to send you an email and say, you know what, your best bet, your best product to experience Steamboat and 46 other resorts is to get an Icon Pass. And then there's also the Icon Session Pass, which is four days at, at um, uh, uh, select destinations that are a part of the Icon uh, suite of products. And uh, that's another great alternative uh, for our guests to get is the Icon Session Pass. We also offer a product here called the Heaven 7 Lead the Heaven Seven, the Heavenly Seven Days, which is a product that's good for seven days at Steamboat over a two-year period, which allows that flexibility for a guest to say, "Hey, I'm going to ski three days this year, or I'm going to I'm intending to ski all seven this year, but if I don't ski all seven, I can use those uh, days next year." So, again, we're trying to. And we're not trying to hide the ball, Stuart. Uh, the goal is to provide a great experience at a great value to our guests. And we want them to have the best product uh, to, 
to do to ski as many days as they want or to ski a limited amount of days and and to really provide uh help them find that product so um we go to great lengths to promote the icon pass the icon session pass our packages which offer 30 percent off of advanced lift ticket rates uh throughout the season so um we want our guests to to have a great experience and a good value all right Get your icon pass by December 9th, everybody. Um, let's yes, talk about yes. the icon pass here, Rob. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious about your point of view of how the pass has changed the character or the visitation patterns to Steamboat. You know, I was there last year uh, in 2020. I had not been to Steamboat since 2008. And I frankly was just shocked by how many more people were there. And who knows what factors were playing into that. And, and you know, I, these are just snapshots, right? Because I'm a visitor. Uh, so, you, as someone who's been there on the ground every day for years, how have you observed the the busyness increasing with the Icon Pass, and and how, if if at all, has that affected the character of the mountain town, the resort? Well, I have to, you know, I have to say that the Icon and the Epic passes have really created energy in the marketplace that, frankly, we as a ski industry have needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about a flat, stagnant. Uh, ski industry for decades, right? Um, visitation is flat, um, but this, uh, these suite of products, whether it's the Icon or the Epic, have really energized and created uh, a platform for our guests to be able to experience multiple resorts, uh, you know, across North America and frankly the world uh, for an upfront commitment. So. Uh, I think it's a shot in the arm, the energy that our industry has needed for a long time. And it's exciting that we have two um, very different but very compelling uh, platforms being the Epic and the Icon. So that's a choice for, you know, mountain enthusiasts to, to, to purchase. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I, I want them to buy the Icon um, because I think that's a better, more compelling value. At the same time, you have skiers and riders out there that are buying both, you know, for roughly $2,000 and getting access to that kind of um, experiences uh, is just incredible. So uh, that excites me as being a guy in the ski industry forever and, you know, used to purchasing uh, back in the day a single mountain, uh, a single mountain ski pass for pretty much the same as you'd pay for the Icon Pass, which gives you 47 uh, resorts to choose from today. It's, it's an incredible value of the Icon Pass um, for folks to, to, to get out there and experience uh, not only their home mountains, but other mountains. And with that, uh, skiers and riders and mountain enthusiasts are traveling more. And, and we're seeing that in our mountain communities. And I, I look at that as a positive. Uh, for the local businesses, for the local community, uh, to to feel those economic impacts of additional visitation, and I think it's exciting. And yes, it's probably more than we've experienced in the past, but we need to embrace that um, because our guests are, and they're finding tremendous value, and and that's why uh, it's so successful. These suite of products. So uh, rather than say oh my gosh, uh, where did all these people come from? And they're visiting my private mountain. Um, I think we should embrace it and say, this is a good thing for our industry, for our local businesses. Um, 
uh, to, to be able to continue to enjoy the great lifestyle that, that we're fortunate to, to get to have when we live in our mountain communities. And how much have your skier visits increased? Uh, well, we go up and down. Um, you know, I, I think it's just, you know, we're in this certain cycle and, and uh, it's a little difficult with a pandemic because uh, that impacted uh, our visitation more so than some of the other uh, uh, resorts that are closer to, um, uh, um, you know, metropolitan areas. Um, but we've consistently been a, a top visited resort in North America long before Icon came around. Um, and, and we continue to be uh, in those in those upper upper echelons of uh, most frequented resorts. And uh, we just need to continue to provide great guest experiences um, for our guests and, and also for our employees. Yeah, I think because of that popularity, Steamboat is one of the few Altera-owned resorts that does not have unlimited access with blackouts on the base pass. You just get five Steamboat days with the base pass, uh, and those do have holiday blackouts. And Crystal has joined you on that tier. Stratton used to be there, but they backtracked on that, so it's now a little little more Stratton access. Uh, just talk about the decision to put Steamboat on the top Icon Pass tier and limit it on the base pass tier. Well, and, you know, this is a, a new... Uh, Icon is four years old, right? So we're learning uh, and we're making adjustments and it's wildly successful. We're adding more destinations. We're constantly looking at, uh, you know, what's the best uh, uh, solution for the resort, um, uh, for our guests in terms of offerings. So uh, uh, from the outset, um, Steamboat was not a part of the base pass. Um, Just due to... uh, uh, the the amount of visitation we see with the with the um, full icon pass, um, you know, we're constantly looking at that. Um, uh, just like uh, Crystal Mountain uh, was constantly looking at that and, and made a slight adjustment uh, for for this season. And and again, we uh, it's evolving quickly, but it's also super exciting. And and we're going to make the best decisions for the business as well as for our guests and. Um, uh, those that want to ski unlimited here, uh, purchase the full icon and, and, uh, those that want to get a, uh, you know, a weekend trip, uh, from, uh, parts of the country, uh, can do so and, and get the icon base pass. And, um, the next year they might, uh, uh, decide that they want the, the full icon pass. One of the things I really like about Altera Rob, is the autonomy it grants its resorts and certain decisions. And, and that allows you to make partnerships that a Vail-owned resort may not be able to. One, one example of this is you have this really cool partnership with Snowy Range, little ski area up in Wyoming, and their season pass holders can add on a five-day steamboat lift ticket for just $179. That is less than the price of one-day lift ticket at Steamboat. So just talk about that partnership and why it's important to you to curate these sorts of relationships with your neighbors. Uh, it goes back to our vision as Altera and very fortunate that our ownership and our leadership uh, supports that vision, which is one company of many unique brands. And that's why Steamboat is going to continue to be Steamboat and Palisades Tahoe is going to continue to be Palisades Tahoe and Deer Valley is going to continue to provide that Deer Valley um, experience that they, they have for many, many years. Uh, and it goes back to us supporting our local nonprofits. Um, we make those decisions here locally, uh, what we think is best for our community and for our resort, and we're very well supported 
by uh, the Altera Mountain Company. And that also goes with smaller resorts like um, Snowy Range, which we've had a long relationship um, uh, prior to this owner and even prior to the previous owner. Um, they, um, it's a small ski area that's very close to Steamboat. And we want to support those smaller ski areas. And, you know, for those folks that live in Wyoming, that's pretty close to Steamboat, uh, that their home mountain is Snowy Range. We want them to be able to come for a weekend or two weekends uh, throughout the season to experience Steamboat. So we'll continue to support uh, the smaller resorts and understand where they fit uh, in the overall industry and, and do our part to, you know, create those partnerships um, that are, yeah, they're beneficial to both of us because um, it gives those skiers and riders an opportunity to ski a bigger resort being Steamboat um, and still enjoy unlimited access to Snowy Range up there in Wyoming. So speaking of smaller resorts, I'm really curious, Rob, about your relationship with Howelson Hill, which is the oldest operating ski area in the United States. It's right down there in town. You can see it from a lot of places on Steamboat Resort on the hill. Um, and, and I think that any discussion about the $269 walk-up lift ticket has to address the fact that you can just send them down the hill to get a $40 lift ticket at Howellson Hill. And, and Sundays there, in fact, are free. So just talk a bit about what kind of relationship Steamboat has with Howellson Hill and how the two areas, ski areas complement one another. Well, uh, it's we call it you know one of our treasures here locally. It's, yeah. It was founded in 1914. Um, so, uh, as you said, the oldest uh, continuously operated ski area um, uh, around, um, 1914. Uh, it's owned by the city of Steamboat Springs, so our municipality. Um, and it's, frankly, where the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club, uh, that has been around nearly as long as Hallison Hill, um, was started. And that's the program that is here in our community that uh uh, accommodates over a thousand of our local kids each and every season, um, not only in the winter, but also in the summer and, and teaches them lifelong skills about uh, obviously skiing and snowboarding and, and Nordic skiing and uh, cross country and even jumping, uh, but teaches them lessons beyond just snow sports. And we're very fortunate to have that club, which has been named, you know, club of the year numerous times by U.S. ski and snowboarding. Um, and to have them based out of Hallison Hill and a part of our community, which we tremendously support here uh, at, at the resort. And it's just a part of our fabric, a part of our DNA. And uh, the Winter Sports Club has, you know, put forth uh, nearly 100 Olympians. And it's a wow. big part of our, our culture here um, to be able to say that a hundred Olympians have trained with the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club and they have come from our community more than any other, you know, small town in North America and maybe even the world in terms of that, you know, it's something in our water, but it's also a part of who we are and our fabric. And we talk about Steamboat as Ski Town USA, um, and the, the Olympians that, that come from here and, and Hallison Hill is a huge part of that. So, we are tremendous supporters of our city, uh, Hallison Hill. Um, uh, we actually talked to the city a few years ago about helping them operate that um, and gave them some good ideas to, to make sure uh, they continue to have uh, Hallison Hill operating uh, for our, our children's children. Um, it's such an important part of our community. 
that we take great pride in making sure they continue to be successful. Uh, we worked with them as they uh, installed the new chairlift uh, down there this summer and, and made sure we uh, uh, provided any resources or expertise or um, consulting that they wanted. Uh, we just talked to them this week about helping them uh, with some of their snowcat maintenance as they've been having some issues with that. So we're very close uh, with our city and with Howison Hill, and we want that place to be successful because uh, it's so important to our community and, and to our identity up here in Northwest Colorado. Howison Hill is right down there in town. As we said, one of the great mountain towns of the West. Uh, and, and it's been around a lot longer than the ski area and has evolved from a ranching town to more of a resort town. Just talk about the resort's relationship to the town and how that's evolved over town to the point where you're now talking about things like this potential gondola connection. Um, we're very fortunate. That, as you said, um, you know, Yampa Valley is an incredible place up here in Northwest Colorado. And, and skiing was you know, uh, long been a passion for skiing um, uh, and snow sports long before the resort was founded in 1963. So Hallison Hill has been around since 1915, the Winter Sports Club shortly thereafter. Um, so it's just a part of our DNA. Um, and, and we're also, you know, an agriculture and a ranching community with the Yampa River. And that's one of the reasons that we uh, contributed the largest cash donation of a half a million dollars to the Yampa River Fund a few years ago and worked with the Nature Conservancy to protect the Yampa River, which is such an important part of who we are here in Northwest Colorado. And throughout my 30 year career, 30 plus year career in the, in the snow sports industry, in the ski industry, I've worked for many resorts. I ran Colorado Ski Country. I've been around to communities and this one is really special. There's a collaboration that takes place in Steamboat that I haven't seen present in other communities. And I think that goes back to our ranching heritage where, you know, the handshake uh, is is worth more than a contract and the tip of the hat and uh, the Western hospitality that we all have. And uh, I think that's, you know, a result of working together over the years and, and being a part of Northwest Colorado. And uh, we're very fortunate. Um, and, and that sh that really shined during a pandemic. Um, when we had uh, what we called our stakeholder advisory uh, group um, that was made up of individuals and, and community leaders, including uh, folks from the city, from the county, from the hospital, from the lodging community, from the restaurant community, uh, uh, from the resort, um, uh, from public health. Uh, and we were on a call every week saying we're all in this together. Um, and uh, you know, we used and overused the saying, Stuart, we're all in this boat together. Um, and it really showed during a pandemic. And we were very fortunate uh, that uh, we uh, all support each other and have a collaborative nature. So I could not be more proud of the team here at the resort and the staff uh, that rose to that challenge and our community for rallying around uh, this place. And how important are those relationships and that community fabric as you try to get this master plan going? Uh, incredibly important. You know, again, we're we're trying to do the right thing uh, for our community, for our staff, um, uh, for this resort. Uh, we all live here, play here, work here, raise our families here, um, and we need to be uh, working with our 
community leaders uh, for the betterment of our entire community, not just our resort. All right, Rob, last question for you here today. And, and I ask this because it's become an issue across the country, but, but most explicitly across the West, and that's just the housing shortage. And there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of factors to blame here. There's short-term rental market, there's the COVID era relocation of remote workers. And, you know, as you said, more people want to move to the mountains and, and be in these fantastic communities. So just help us understand, Rob, first of all, how are these dynamics playing out in Steamboat and how is the resort addressing them to help its employees find housing in this market? Uh, it's, it's the housing situation is a huge challenge, right? Uh, similar to, you know, other challenges we faced, but this one is acute. Um, this one is, uh, significant. Uh, it's been around for decades, but I think more amplified, uh, recently as the, uh, situation has evolved with Airbnb and VRBO and the pandemic, as you've said, uh, and we need to do our, our part and then some, uh, we're very fortunate that our resort, uh, has uh, an employee housing complex that has 15 buildings, nearly 500 beds that, that we offer to our seasonal staff. Uh, we're in a better position uh, than, than a lot of different resorts out there. That said, it's not enough. So we worked with another local entity here and, and uh, we are now renting out an entire uh, hotel for additional wow. beds uh, for, for our staff. Um, uh, so that's on the short term. Uh, on the medium term, we're continuing to participate with our community. Um, as I said, we have an incredibly collaborative community here. We've identified this issue uh, a while ago, and uh, I just have a meeting next week uh, with uh, many of the leaders in this community to talk about, okay, what are we doing short term? What are we doing medium term? And then we have a tremendous opportunity here uh, that most resorts would um, uh, just be incredibly uh, fortunate to have, which is we had an anonymous donor over the summer mm -hmm. purchase uh, a parcel of land, a little over 500 acres, wow. just right outside of town for $24 million and gave that parcel to the Yampa Valley Housing Authority which we are a partner with, which we support and our community supports through a city sales tax. So we have this tremendous opportunity to really create uh, a community on this 500 plus acres uh, that is gonna be uh, incredible. So we're trying to work with our state, with our county, um, uh, potentially even some federal grants uh, to try to move that along quickly, but also make sure those solutions are for the long term. This isn't about short-term housing. This is about medium-term solutions for our management, for our year-round staff uh, that, you know, frankly, uh, might get priced out of a market that's as hot as we're seeing in mountain communities around uh, the nation. So tremendous opportunities here in Steamboat. Um, uh, I'd also just offer up that uh, our Altair Mountain Company has clearly identified this uh, need across our mountain communities. And we're looking to uh, triple the amount of beds that we have um, uh, provided for our guests. I mean, sorry, for our employees over the next uh, several years. So we're committing resources to that as a company. And uh, some of that will come here to Steamboat. And uh, we're very fortunate to have a, a potential solution and great partners to work on it here in the Yampa Valley. 
just incredible, Rob. So many things happening, so many things happening at the resort, on the town. It is going to be really exciting to watch Steamboat grow and grow over these next several years. Uh, I hope that it all goes as planned and and that, that I can visit this new and, and monstrous Steamboat Resort sometime in the very near future. So I thank you very much for your time today, Rob, uh, especially this close to ski season. I know you have no shortage of things to do. So I really appreciate you taking this time to talk to me. And and I will, uh, I will look forward to, to meeting you when I'm out at Steamboat next. Awesome. Thank you very much, Stuart. Let it snow and uh, uh, take care. That's Rob Perlman, President and Chief Operating Officer of Steamboat Resort and Altera Mountain Company Regional Chief Operating Officer for the Central Region. Someone in the titles department at Altera, you got to shorten that. Okay, that's a whole new steamboat coming. Like every destination ski area in the country, that place is undergoing some serious growing pains as so many factors redefine those places. But Steamboat and Altera are betting they have enough buckets of cash to make a lot of those problems go away. And I hope they're right. That is a great mountain and a great town, and it will get way, way better if everything Rob just laid out happens. Thank you very much for that, Rob. I really enjoyed that. And thank you all for listening. Lots more pods coming your way. While you're waiting for those, remember to subscribe to the free Storm Skiing newsletter at stormskiing.com to get them in your inbox the second they drop. And follow along with the storm on Twitter or Instagram at Storm Ski Journal. Thank you all for listening. Stay well, stay safe. I'm Stuart Winchester, and I will talk to you again very soon. The Storm Skiing Podcast is a Quicksilver Films production.